Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the festival of Pentecost. This is the day that we remember and we celebrate the special outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon Christ's church. Uh, that is a gift that wasn't just bestowed way back when on Pe that first Pentecost, but it's a gift that the Lord gives to us even today as he works through word and sacrament. Uh, for our friends who are worshiping online with us, a reminder to go to our website, chapelofthecross.org, and there you will find the bulletin for this service. You will also see options for giving your offering to the Lord under the Give tab there on the website. Just a few announcements to share with you before we begin worship today. We are excited that Chapel Summer Camp starts, uh, started this past week. It's been, a one, it's been wonderful welcoming children back to Chapel this summer for summer camp. Our directors and counselors will be installed a little later in the service, and we pray God's richest blessings on them and on the children who will be coming to camp over the summer. A um, little advertisement, if you know a child, perhaps a neighbor or a grandkid or a kid uh, who could benefit from Chapel Summer Camp, please take some registration materials with you and give it to them. Uh, there are copies at the Welcome Center. Next week, we will have a special guest with us. The Reverend Gerald Kovac will be here representing Food for the Poor. He will be, be our guest preacher next weekend, and he will also lead Bible class between the worship services. Uh, Food for the Poor is one of our mission emphases this year, and it will be a delight to hear once again from Pastor Kovac. He was here once before, maybe uh, 10 or 12 years ago or so, and, and uh, we'll receive information on him, how the Lord is working through the ministry of Food for the Poor. So make sure you're here next weekend for that. Vacation Bible School is right around the corner next weekend, June 11th. There's still time to let others know and have children register to attend. In fact, as you leave today, there will be some children handing you a flyer that you could give to somebody else to let others know about Vacation Bible School here at Chapel of the Cross. So take that, share that with somebody down your street or somebody in your family, and uh, see the information table that's in the, that's in the commons area. Our elder for this week is Stan Schweedy. Stan is standing right there, and he's going to greet you at the back door as you leave today. Get to know Stan as one of your elders here at Chapel of the Cross. Also, we are starting our Director of the Week program again. We had started that, if you remember, just prior to the pandemic, and we're now bringing that back. So each first weekend of the month, one of the members from our Board of Directors will greet you so you can kind of be familiar with them and get to know them a little bit, those who are on the board here at Chapel. A short bio is in the Chapel Weekly as well. This month, the Director of the Week is Christy Bamer. Christy, can you stand up? And she'll also be greeting you at the doors you leave today, so get to know Christy as well as one of your board of members of your Board of Directors. God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together that opening hymn, Come Holy Ghost God and Lord, as it's printed in your bulletin, and we stand to sing it together.
make our beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit has worked faith in our hearts so that we may hear the good news about our Savior. But our sins are always before us. Let us therefore confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We are helpless to amend our sinful lives without you, gracious God. For Jesus' sake, forgive us, renew our faith, and turn our feet to paths pleasing to you. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O oh God, on this day, you once taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of your Holy Spirit. Grant us in our day, by the same Spirit, to have a right understanding in all things, and evermore to rejoice in his holy consolation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading is from the 11th chapter of Genesis. Now the whole world had one language and one common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar from mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. This is the word of the Lord.
The second reading is from the second chapter of Acts. <clears throat> when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language, utterly amazed. They asked, are not all these people who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. 
Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Thanks. On Pentecost, the, the church focuses on the Holy Spirit and his power and his person and his presence among us. And, and for many, this work began in baptism and then was confirmed by the public proclamation and determination to remain in the faith, even unto death. That salvation is found in no one else except the name of Jesus Christ. So in honor of his coming and our dependence on him, we join in speaking these words the third article of the Apostles' Creed and its meaning from Luther's small catechism. We stand as we speak it together. Together we confess, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. What does this mean? I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away, and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not speak with you much longer, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold on me, but the world must learn that I love the Father, and that I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated for the singing of our hymn. Gracious. 
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Text for the sermon this Pentecost Sunday is a portion of that second reading from the book of Acts. It's the story of the first Pentecost day, and it starts at the beginning of that chapter, first verse of chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. In the name of Jesus, Christian friends, 
Today, of course, is the day of Pentecost, that day that we remember how the disciples were gathered together, um, maybe in that same upper room where they had gathered for the Passover celebration, or maybe they were together somewhere else near the temple, since Luke writes that after the ascension of Jesus into heaven, the disciples were continually at the temple praising God. Wherever they were, suddenly the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And the text describes it as the blowing of a violent wind, and then these tongues of fire appear and settle on their heads. And then verse 4 tells us that each of them was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. What a gift. Different kind of gift, to be sure, but an incredible gift. It's a different kind of gift when you think about that because as the Holy Spirit kind of comes to these disciples and as they're about to go out in mission for Jesus, you would expect somehow maybe that these gifts might be a little different. Maybe you would expect that somehow the gift that they would receive from the Spirit would be perhaps a gift of courage. They would need courage, right, to go out and face all the things they were going to be facing as they went out and shared the gospel. Or, or maybe they would get the gift of strength from the Spirit to overcome all the obstacles that Satan was going to put into their way. And he was going to put plenty of obstacles in their way. But they got the gift of language. It's really the reversal of what happened in the Old Testament reading, that story of the Tower of Babel. I mean, there, because of man's arrogance and pride and self-centeredness and sin, God spoke judgment on those people. He confused their language, and then they were scattered over the face of the earth. But now, on Pentecost, the opposite happens. As that Holy Spirit comes, and he enables those disciples to speak in languages that all the people gathered in Jerusalem could understand. It was a message that was meant for all people and brought all people together. People from every tribe and nation and language, bringing them back together, back to God. God gave to them the gift of language. I think that should tell us something. And of all the things that God could have equipped those disciples with to begin their ministry as apostles and evangelists, of all the things that God could have given to those men as their commission for service in sharing the gospel with the world, he gives to them the gift of language. I think that reminds us that the power of the gospel is the word. It's the word that is spoken in those various languages that they're speaking in Jerusalem. It's the word that creates and strengthens faith. It's the word that St. Paul says in Romans chapter 10, if you confess it with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. It's the word that Paul says in Romans chapter 1. It is the power of God for salvation for everybody who believes. And that word, as we see on Pentecost, is the gift of God's Spirit. It is the beginning. It is the birth of the church. And it begins with the word. The word spoken. The word heard. And it continues with that same word, spoken and heard through the centuries. And today... We gather here once again to speak and to hear, to sing and to praise and to celebrate what God has done for us and what he continues to do in and through us through the word. 
You know, our, our family has received some, some wonderful gifts over the years, especially think about that when our kids were, were little or littler. Uh, birthday gifts or Christmas gifts or gifts given just out of the blue, and they're very excited about those gifts. I mean, one time somebody gave us a very well-meaning soul, I'm sure, gave us some Cardinals shirts. <laughs> that did not go over well. I mean, if it was a Cubs shirt, that would have been great, but they were not so excited about the Cardinals shirts. But most of the gifts that they receive, they're very excited about playing with those gifts, using those gifts. Until the newness kind of wears off. And somehow that gift becomes a little bit tired, a little bit old, and eventually even forgotten. And I suspect that that's not how it is just with my kids, but that's how it is with everybody as we get gifts. And sometimes I think we have the tendency to treat the gifts of the Holy Spirit kind of like an old gift. Because we kind of take it for granted. And just kind of push it aside a little bit. Forget about it. And when we do that, we begin to lead life in a much more worldly way than the way that God has called us to do through the Spirit. So it's good for us to remember what Pentecost is really all about. It's not just the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at one time and in one place for just one purpose. It's about the gifts that the Holy Spirit pours out upon us every single day. Spirit's gifts are poured out. They're poured out in here in this place, here at this baptismal font. They're poured out. Spirit's gifts are poured out so often as we gather around this altar for Holy Communion. The Spirit's gifts are poured out as the Word of God is shared, as the Word of God is proclaimed, as the Word of God is discussed. The Spirit's gifts are poured out as He continues to guide and shape our paths. So we take that same message of the Gospel, that power of God unto salvation, that same message that those, those disciples received on the first Pentecost, and we take and then we share that Gospel to the world around us. Now this Pentecost Sunday, in a way, it's, it's our commissioning too. God comes to us with his spirit and he sends us out. Not at all unlike those first apostles. But he reminds us that when he sends us out, he sends us out equipped. Remember what Paul writes about in Ephesians chapter 6? He talks about the clothes that he gives to us, actually the armor that he gives to us. We've got this belt of truth. And we've got the breastplate of righteousness. We've got the helmet of salvation. We've got the, the shield of faith. The feet fitted with the gospel of peace. And we have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Spirit equips us as we are commissioned, as we are sent out. And we're soldiers. We really are. Maybe, maybe you don't feel like a soldier, but you're a soldier. A soldier of the cross, equipped by our God to fight the good fight of faith. Equipped by our God to fight spiritual battles. Equipped by our God because he has given us truth. And he has given us righteousness. And he has given us salvation. And he has given us faith. And he has given us peace. And we've got a fierce weapon with which to fight the battle. The sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. You know, the, the devil pushes against that. You know, the, the devil would try to have us forget that there's even a battle going on. The devil would like for us to believe the lie that you don't have to share your faith. That, it, you know, it just makes for uncomfortable situations anyway when you do that. 
The devil wants you and I to forget that actually the Spirit does give his gifts in rich measure. That he empowers. That he strengthens. That the Spirit encourages. That he actually even gives us the words to share as we share our faith. That's why St. Paul encourages us to be strong in the Lord, to be mighty in his power, to stand against the devil's schemes, to stand against them every day, to remember that when we wake up in the morning, we don't just brush our teeth and put on our clothes. We put on his armor, that full armor of God, to fight the good fight, to carry the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God to use in our lives and to be witnesses of the gospel. That, that's one of the clear marks of the Spirit, you know. He works in his people to witness. See that in verse 4 of the text. They all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. See, where the Spirit is, people begin to talk. And where the Spirit is, people start to proclaim. And where the Spirit is, they start to declare the wonders of God. They witness. They witness because the Spirit gives a message. It's a message of good news. That's a very simple message. But it is the power of God for salvation. Because it's a message about Jesus. How he was born. How he came among us as a little child. How he grew and how he lived and then how he died. How from his death and resurrection we have life and salvation. That's the message. You know, the, the, the Spirit, he, he lit a fire, not just on those disciples' heads. He lit it in their hearts. So not long after this, Peter and John, they were, they were warned by the Sanhedrin. Remember when the Sanhedrin said to them, we don't want you talking about this Jesus anymore. And do you remember their response? We cannot help but to speak about what we have seen and what we have heard. We've got to talk about it. Witness just overflows from a heart filled with the Spirit's good news about Jesus. So the question is, can that spirit work the same in my heart? And can, can that spirit work the same in your heart? Can that spirit set my heart on fire to reach a lost in my life for Jesus? Can that spirit work in your heart to set it on fire to reach the lost for, in, your, in your life for Jesus? Can the Spirit work in your hearts, counselors and directors, as you encounter kids every day here in this place in our summer day camp? And the answer is, hope you know it, of course he can. And of course he does. And of course he will. He's powerful enough even to work through me and even to work through you. You see evidence of that in the book of Acts. You look a little later and you see how the Spirit works. I mean, thousands upon thousands receiving Christ. Thousands upon thousands being saved, being born again of water and the Spirit, receiving the gift of holy baptism. And that's the Spirit's greatest work. Taking a heart that's filled with sin and, and guilt and filth and changing it. Bringing Christ's forgiveness to it. Turning it to the Savior. He's done that to you, hasn't he? There's a lot of you, he did that when you were a baby at your baptism. Some of you were baptized here at this fun. Came into your heart. And you changed it. Converted it. Even as a little baby. 
For some of you, he did that maybe a little later in life, and you've got the blessing to be able to say, hey, I remember. I remember when the Spirit changed me, when he left his mark on my heart and my life, when he, when he said to me, from this day on, you're not going to go it alone, I'm going to be with you. What a gift. What a gift he gives. Not a tired, worn out, forgotten kind of gift, but a powerful, strong, grace-filled gift. A gift poured out not just on that first Pentecost many, many years ago, but a gift poured out on this Pentecost. And each and every day for those who are called by the gospel, for those who are empowered to be his witnesses. A gift that equips us and guides us and strengthens us. And it is that same gift that one day carries us home to be with our Savior in heaven. When we will hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. You have used my gifts to the glory of my name and to the glory of my kingdom. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our common faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed, page 11 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The congregation may be seated. At this time, I ask the summer camp staff to come forward. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you have come to be placed as directors and counselors in the summer day camp ministry of this congregation, a work in which our Father in heaven is great joy. You are to assist the ministry of word and sacraments by instructing God's children according to his holy word. You are to prepare yourselves for this work by your individual and corporate study of the word of God and the faith drawn from it as it has been delivered to us in the creeds and the confession of our Lutheran church. While holiness of life and work is the way of all who trust in Christ, it is especially important that you show yourselves by word and example to be patterns of good works and Christian devotion. So in the presence of God and of this congregation, I therefore ask you, do you accept the tasks entrusted to you, and do you promise faithfully to carry out your duties, trusting in him and conforming yourselves to his word in accordance with the faith of the Evangelical Lutheran Church? If so, answer, I do. And do you, the community of believers in this place, promise to support the summer day camp ministry of Chapel of the Cross, encourage these directors and counselors, and keep this ministry of chapel in your prayers? If so, answer, we will. We will. 
Then I place you as directors and counselors of Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Summer Day Camp in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Almighty and most merciful God, our Heavenly Father, enlighten and strengthen you in, in your task that you may be good and faithful directors and counselors to the glory of his name and the salvation of his people and especially his children. Amen. Let us pray. Grant, O Lord, to these your people the gifts of wisdom and discretion, kindness and faithfulness, so that they may effectively teach, lead, and guide. And grant to all your people a ready willingness to learn. Let the knowledge of your word be preserved and extended among us, that all may know you. And from the least to the greatest, praise you now and forever. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Go now in the peace of the Lord, the almighty and most merciful God, the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Amen. Would you guys turn around so everybody can see you? We acknowledge and we thank those who serve in our summer camp ministry. Thank you all. You may sit down. We continue our worship by receiving our offering to the Lord. We stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Holy Spirit, on the day of Pentecost, you filled the hearts and the lives of your people. 
You empowered them to proclaim the good news of Jesus to all the people in the world. We ask you to be present in our own midst. Open our ears that we may hear your holy word. Open our mouths that we may declare it boldly. Open our hands that we may be servants to all people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, our lives are filled with troubles and fears, yet you are able to comfort and support. Be present now to work faith and forgiveness. Restore relationships which have been damaged by the reality of sin. Enable your people to speak words of forgiveness to each other and to live in the light of your forgiveness daily. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, comfort of the sad and strength to those who suffer. Let the prayers of your children who are in any trouble rise to you. As in this world your children face violence, terrorism, and persecution for their faith, grant them and us mercy, grant relief, grant comfort and peace through Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, graciously defend us from the destructive power of war and weather, illness and accidents. Watch over the men and the women of our armed forces and keep them from harm and danger. Lead us to make appropriate use of all the gifts of your creation, especially in our humble service to those in need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Great God, you have given a wonderful opportunity to share your word with your children through Vacation Bible School here at Chapel of the Cross. We ask you to bless all the teachers, volunteers, and helpers this upcoming weekend. We ask you to send your Holy Spirit to work in the hearts of the children that you send to us. Bless also our summer camp ministry here at Chapel of the Cross throughout this summer. Let your word work mightily through those who lead and through the ch- in the children who attend. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we remember before you all those who are sick or who are recovering. And today we especially remember Johnny Spears as he is hospitalized. Lord God, grant healing and recovery for those who are in need and assure them with your abiding presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn together, O Day Full of Grace. <laughs>